Is This a Ghost is sponsored by Pickney Bend Distillery. It's, hey, it's Halloween is over, everybody, mm-hmm. and welcome to November. Welcome to you Thanksgiving made it. season. You, you made, made it. it. You survived you made it. made it through spooky time. Unless you didn't, in which case, you're probably not listening to the podcast. Unless so. you are a ghost, and if you are, please mm-hmm. get in touch. We yeah. would love to hear your story. Or if you're like a loved one trying to solve your loved one's murder, maybe that's part mm. of what's going on here, too. I don't know. Yeah, we could be a true crime podcast. That's Absolutely. fine. Absolutely, yeah. Those are very popular. <laughs> Episode one. One of our listeners has died. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and, and Benoit Blanc is here to solve the mystery. So we're, <laughs> we're equipped. Uh, but this is an ad for Piggy Ben Distillery. It's the first one of November of Thanksgiving season. Mm-hmm. And I thought we could spend, um, maybe all this month kind of talk about things that we're grateful for. Do you want to go first and say something you're grateful for? Or do you want me to go? I wasn't really prepared for this. I'm going to say okay. no. Why don't you start? Okay. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I, one of the many things I'm grateful for mm-hmm. is uh, a lack of smallpox. Mm. I, I mean that's in a general term yeah yeah and um you know we, we it's just like mm-hmm. when thanksgiving is around we celebrate the the time when we gave europeans gave smallpox to to indigenous right. people here mm-hmm. through blankets and stuff and i just want to mm-hmm. say that makes me think of, of pickney ben because pickney ben they don't believe <laughs> in smallpox blankets and they will never give you a blanket with smallpox on it mm-hmm. They've never been. They've never done that. I remember when we, when we toured there. Uh, Terry even said she said this is the last room that the bottles pass through before they go out to market, and it's the room where we wipe all the smallpox off. And I thought, well, yes. that's really nice of you. It really is. Yeah. Now you we know. did have additional questions and yeah. about why there was smallpox in that room. Mm-hmm. We were then asked to leave. Yeah. Well. But um, but they're work just rest assured they're working hard and the towels they use to wipe off the smallpox mm-hmm. those get incinerated they're yeah not, exactly. they do not get given up to the townspeople at all that's right Ever. that's right maybe so at Christmas ben, oh only on rare occasions rare Christmas occasions Pickney Ben has been uh, smallpox blanket free since 2011 and how long have they been around though since 2011 oh okay well that's fair all right that's, yes yeah. so since the beginning I guess is a different way to say it they've I guess <laughs> it's you a little could say bit. they've never done smallpox yeah okay. um, but. I want to, I know it's smallpox free since 2011. I think it's a nice, it's got a, it's got a mm-hmm. good catch. Mm-hmm. It really it's does. It's going to ring. Um, so if you want to celebrate life mm-hmm. and not smallpox, Pickney Bend has a lot of options for you. Gin, whiskey, vodka, um, other types of gin, other types of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, no smallpox. So you can rest assured this holiday season when you're celebrating how how white people gave smallpox to indigenous people, you don't have to relive that. And you can be grateful for that. If you go to P-I-N-C-K-N-E-Y-B-E-N-D.com, you can find smallpox-free alcohol at Pickney Bend. And we can't – we we personally don't feel comfortable saying that about any other alcohol uh, distillery. No other ones have claimed it, honestly. That's right. So, But Pickney Bend is very upfront, mm-hmm. and they're very proud. Proud mm-hmm. to be smallpox-free since – I want to say this again, 2011. Mm-hmm. Since the beginning. Since 2011. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's a good direction? I think that was pretty good. I really do. Okay. They can so. have one of two options. They can have mm-hmm. you screaming at people or they can have me talking about smallpox. Mm. They can't have both. Yeah.
everybody. Welcome back to Is This a Ghost? I'm Clayton Smith, and every week I tell a real ghost story from real history to my real friend, Patrick Dean, and sometimes my real cat, Taco Cat. Hi, Taco. You're here today. And neither of them, honestly, neither of them takes it real seriously. Um, but Patrick makes more jokes than Taco does. Taco, come on, get out of here. Yep. <laughs> um boy so uh last week was the halloween episode how mm-hmm. do you feel you have you uh have you recovered boy i do not i don't know how you do that every week i really don't it is well i usually only do one story a week so that helps well i mean i only did two technically mm-hmm. but um yeah it's yeah. It, it was uh it was unpleasant i don't want to do it again until next year see so. you next year and yeah. i just yeah it's uh i do that 51 more times than you do every mm, year. No, well, I like it though. I don't know. I might be a broken person. Yeah, you can I keep like it. it. You can have it. Uh, I, I do. do. Feel, I do feel good about winning though. Winning did make it feel a little bit better there at the end. That was. I was listening to. I was listening to Jeremy gave me the Jeremy cut today, and I listened mm. to it. And uh, and I, in hindsight, I should have gone with my gut. I should have gone with my gut. I know. I'm I really was right there. Mm-hmm. And I blame the whiskey. This mm-hmm. is Pickney Ben's fault. Mm-hmm. They really. Um, they conspired against me mm-hmm. because I had it until I drank too much. <laughs> and then I thought, uh, but the, the rotary jail, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's an impossible thing. Mm-hmm. There's a human behind you. There is a human behind me. A 12 year old human. Can she sign a release or do we have to cut this out of YouTube? Mm-hmm. Uh, I see you're recording a podcast. Let me start cooking some popcorn in the next room. That sounds like it'll be really, work out really nicely for you and your silent recording. <laughs> Families are a treasure. Mm-hmm. They are. They're also <laughs> not in bed for some reason. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> How's your week? No, Taco. <laughs> you can't do that. Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, this is going great. Taco loves sound effects. Christ. Um, <laughs> it was not going as well as Taco Cat's week is going, apparently. Um, yeah. She is... Uh, in a celebratory mood, she's living her best life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was it was great. Uh, no, it wasn't. I was in uh, Minneapolis for most of it for stupid work shit. And, and you hate Minneapolis, which is uh, weird to me because I yeah. like Minneapolis a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you like the suburbs of Minneapolis and the chain hotels in the suburbs of Minneapolis? Is that your favorite? Well, I part can't of it? speak to it. Yeah. Well, then maybe I, I do. I don't I know yet. I can't. Schrodinger's uh, Schrodinger's suburb mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I both love and don't love it. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, you know, uh, traveling for work is always like this. People say, oh, you, you, it's so exciting. You got to travel to Seattle. You got to travel to Phoenix. It's like, no, I got to travel to an airport and a hotel and a suburb and then back to the airport. And that's it. That's, that's all I do for work. So. Have you thought about um, getting a job where you travel to better places? I mean, those are cool places. You know. The suburbs? Phoenix, uh, Denver, um, Seattle. Minneapolis, they're cool places, but the people I visit there are not in cool places. So I think you say they're not cool people. I no, gonna, they're very cool gonna, people. They're, they're very lovely blast. people. Very sure. lovely people. Yeah. They live in very boring places, though. So yeah. Did you have any juicy Lucy's? I did not, but I did eat more walleye than I thought I should. Than I thought. Okay. I should. So okay. Um, how was that? It's a fish, by the way. I'm looking at your face right I'd, now, a little confused. No, I know it's a fish because okay. I I have learned I have studied all the kinds of fish just in case I've ever confronted with one um, because I think we talked about this before mm-hmm. I don't care for fish. Mm-hmm. 
a bit of a phobia of fish. Mm-hmm. And so if someone says, do you want to see my walleye? I want to know that that's a fish. So I can say, Ha-ha, no, I do not. <laughs> Pretty sure if a man on the street walks up to you and asks you that question, it has nothing to do with the fish. <laughs> do you say walleye or one-eye? Mm, either way, I'll take a look. Um, <laughs> um, okay. How about you? How was your week? What were you up um, to? Good. Cool. It's good. Things are things are interesting at my work in a way I can't actually talk about. I awesome, think. that sounds great. Uh, so, can't <laughs> so wait till we can't wait till we turn off the podcast. <laughs> yep. Um, so it's cool, and uh, so everything is great, and there are no problems. Oh, this weekend we took the girls to a. Aaron had never been apple picking, and our girls never been apple picking. Mm, She's from okay. California. She they don't know it, but yeah. she was yeah, and she's not. She very she made a very uh, a very clear point of saying, well, I mean, I have been apple picking, but when I grew up, we just went to our backyard and picked apples off the tree and i'm like okay all right <laughs> calm down <laughs> um that is a better life we all understand um but so we went to uh we went to a place that was an apple apple orchard and, and pumpkin patch mm. and it was cool and the girls never went so we, we got on a tractor and we rode around we picked apples off trees and we saw some pumpkins and stuff we um were not as overcharged as i thought we would be mm. there were donkeys and pigs and stuff it was great that, so we did that, and that was Indiana. Okay. All right. So we got to go to Indiana this weekend. <laughs> is, Indiana, uh, Indiana. You saw some fruit. Came mm-hmm. home. Yeah, saw some fruit. Cool. Killed some fruit. Ah, well, we went fruit hunting. Mm-hmm. I guess is how I should have said. We sure. yeah, we we trapped fruit. We uh, <laughs> we killed fruit, and then we ate fruit raw, no. raw fruit. Yeah. It's like that scene in Dances with Wolves where uh, where they where where Kevin Costner eats a buffalo heart raw for the first time. That mm-hmm. was like that was like us at the apple orchard. Mm. Were you eating a like a pumpkin or what, what were you eating? We were eating an apple, right? Okay, but you saw pumpkins yeah. too. We saw pumpkins, yeah, for sure. If you like, plunge your hand into the pumpkin and pulled out the guts and then eaten that in the field like Kevin Costner. Could have done little, that a little bit more showy. Yeah, we well, said we punched apples. There's next year, I guess. Yep. Um, are you glad you asked about my week? <laughs> the, nice the worst recap of, uh, of a week that we've had. Do you want to hear a ghost story? Sure. Oh, wait, shut up. No, I don't care about that. Listen, there's Jesus. one other thing. <laughs> one other note. Um, I wanted to say, so if y'all haven't been watching us on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, and you're interested in YouTube, you should start because it's, I'm, I'm officially comfortable saying Jen is, is all in on this. <laughs> I figured she was, but you know, you want to make sure, um, Jen Swanson is taking these episodes. She's putting them up on YouTube every week. And not only is she editing everything together, but she's also making like some graphics to add to it. Um, she's got some subtitles that are, uh, that are pretty funny. Uh, she's doing a really great job. And so if you like video versions of things, check out our YouTube channel. Is this a ghost uh, on YouTube? Um, it's really fun. Jen's doing a great job. And thank you, Jen, for doing that. If you know people who who like YouTube, send them that way. Mm-hmm. If you know people who like listening to stuff and not seeing fun visual gags, then send them to the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, tell everyone tell everyone about us. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess that's all I wanted to say. Okay. Do you want to hear a ghost story? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So eh, let's see. Gosh, where <laughs> here we go? <clears throat> Millicent Entwistle. Oh. Was born on February fifth, nineteen oh eight, and I will give you one guess as to where oh. Millicent 
Entwistle was born. Mm, the most punchable county in England, I would imagine. <laughs> Pretty close. Wales. <laughs> uh, well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which I think is actually the most punchable county. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I, I've been through Wales before. I did a trip uh, went to London and, and through Wales to Ireland. And Wales, I'll say this, was beautiful. Had a village with a very long name. Mm-hmm. Also, the most bored I've ever been in my life. <laughs> so, uh, so that's Millicent Entwistle. Mm-hmm. That's her. That's her whole thing. Uh, now, her. Now, she went by the name of Peg. Yeah, I. I would too. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good choice. And her parents were Emily and Robert Entwistle. Uh, Peg's dad. <laughs> look, man, that's just how they roll over there. Peg's dad was an actor. And her mom was terrible. We <laughs> we don't know a whole lot about Peg's early life, other than the fact that she spent it in London. They moved to London when she was quite young, mm-hmm. and uh, and then her <laughs> and then her father's will, when he died mm-hmm. uh, later on, uh, eventually stated, "Quote: Millicent Lillian Entwistle is the daughter of my first wife." whom I divorced and the custody of my said daughter was awarded to me. I do not desire my said daughter to be at any time in the custody or control of her said mother. Hmm. And marriage is hard. Yeah, clearly. Is what I would say to that. So I don't know what the deal is with the mom. Mm, It wasn't great. Yeah. I mean, she like, like some form of child abuse calling your daughter millicent i guess so. you could call it that sure that's <laughs> i guess that's yeah like that's the last straw i'm leaving i th- we're there's no way we're gonna call the kid that now peg and her father they immigrated to america when she was about 12 uh along with her two young she had two younger half brothers because mm-hmm. her father had married again uh and they also brought their uncle and they eventually all of them settled in new york city mm-hmm Big Apple, mm-hmm. promise of a new life. In New York, you can be a new man, mm-hmm. as they say. Or a new peg. In Hamilton, you can be a new peg in an apple hole, mm-hmm. is how the saying goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> You're the one who's supposed to bring the jokes. We've established that I don't have improv energy. This You're is the fair. improv this energy. Is fair. You're going to... You got to really st- step it up. Okay. <laughs> we are way too, we are like seven lines in, and that's, that's. We're like halfway there. Yeah, so we got to go slow. You got to <laughs> do more jokes. <laughs> uh, so they're in New York City. Now, Robert, the dad, he was an actor, mm-hmm. and he was cast in several roles in New York. So he was pretty good. But uh, in 1922, Robert was hit by a car on Park Avenue. Oh. Uh and he died, and it was a hit and run. How I mean, how fast could cars go back then? I think twenty miles. Like an that's hour? like it seems. It seems like it wouldn't be very risky. Like you could just like put your hand out, and it would just like stop the car. It, I think <laughs> the situation was that the car hit him, and he fell over, uh-huh. and then the car backed up and said, "What? Why can't my car go f- go forward anymore?" So yeah. it backed up and went forward again, and hit him again, and, uh, and then it said, "Oh, it said goddamn actor Robert Entwistle." <laughs> <laughs> I hate your plays. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yes, yeah, so poor Robert dies in a hit and run. They never found they never found the uh, the guy who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Peg and her brothers they they go to live with their uncle mm-hmm. now in New York. 
A few years later, Peg moves to Boston to study acting at Henry Jewett's Repertory. Hmm. And Henry nice. Jewett was kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a prestigious thing. She became one of the Henry Jewett players who were starting to become pretty popular. And uh, and Peg was pretty good. She was a good actor. Mm-hmm. She was actually quite good. She was given, let's see, gosh, an uncredited walk-on role in Walter Hamden's production of Hamlet. Hmm. Uncredited. Which, Is that? Yeah, doesn't sound great. doesn't sound good. I mean. <laughs> she was so- but there are no small roles. Yeah. There are only small actors. You know, that's what they say. That's what directors and producers say mm-hmm. <laughs> to people. We tried to write Millicent Entwistle on the uh, on the, the playbill, uh, on, on the playbill <laughs> and it burst into flames. So I'm sorry. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's just not there anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry. So so it was uncredited. But um, she it doesn't sound great. But she uh, that production starred Ethel Barrymore, which is that's pretty good. So do you uh-huh. know you don't know theater? Do you know no. Ethel Barrymore? Is that Drew Barrymore's mom? Close. It's her great uh, aunt. I believe. Wow. Okay. It's, she's she is a she is a Barrymore of the Barrymores. Oof. Wow. Um, Ethel Barrymore is Hollywood royalty. Mm. So uh, so Peg got to star to not star. <laughs> she didn't get yep. to star. Excuse me. She had a uncredited yeah. walk on role <laughs> with uh, the Ethel Barrymore. Ethel Barrymore. Ethel Barrymore's dress one time. Yes, not when she was wearing it. No, of course but, not. No. Uh, God heavens, no. Backstage, and when Ethel caught her doing that, she mm. said, "Get out!" <laughs> and that was a real honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that play, Peg got to bring in the poison cup. Do you know? I don't. Do you know Hamlet? I do know Hamlet. I mean, I, I basically it's the to be or not to be one, right? It is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know yeah. Shakespeare. You I, get yeah, it. I know it. Um, and she gets to bring in the poison cup, which uh, so I don't have to tell you is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. That's how everyone dies at the end. Mm-hmm. So Peg is the instrument of death, uncredited. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of Shakespeare, we're sitting at dinner tonight. <laughs> And uh, and so last year we tried to teach Maple, my uh, then two year old, um, some of the uh, the the witch's spell from Macbeth, the toil, double oh. double toil and trouble, and she did a pretty good job. She's a mm. she's a Maple has a wicked memory, mm. um, and she did a pretty good job. And so tonight <laughs> at dinner, Aaron was like, Maple, do you remember any of that spell, that witch's spell? Mm-hmm. And Maple launched it. She's like, double double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. A uh, fillet of a finny snake, bubble burning cauldron. Ba- she like goes just yeah. like five stanzas. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, Maple, you know more Shakespeare than like most humans alive. <laughs> it's amazing, um, amazing. This wow. kid, Oof. yes. So, did, did anything happen after she recited it? Like, I'm pretty sure French fry yeah. has been sleeping a lot, very stiffly. <laughs> I think he's fine though. I think, I think he's gonna. I think he's. Uh, he just needed a nap. I think. Yeah. And Taco Cat's been looking knowingly into my eyes a lot more <laughs> than she normally does. So. Taco Cat has been whispering into the microphone. Yeah. So I don't, can you not hear that? I don't know. It's uh, it's been it's been interesting. But anyway, I have a precocious three year old, and who would have who would have guessed? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, so Peg's Peg's doing she's doing the work. When she's seventeen, she played the role of Hedvig in uh, Henrik Hedvig Hibson's- in the Inch. No, thank. Good question. Oh, okay. This was way before that because so this is before. Like that's another um, one that I know. Just saying. That is good. Have you seen it? Have you <laughs> I seen have Hedwig seen it? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The stage yeah. play. And so the, this and is the before movie. that kind of music was uh, around. I think it's safe oh. to say. Before. Yeah. There was a, there was a before Hedwig and the Angry Inch. 
There is a before Dude, pumpkin and rock. Yeah. Oh no. yes. <laughs> oh yes. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> no that. No one's scene. arguing that. Uh, Have you heard correct. of Sondheim? It was pretty boring. Um. <laughs> but he he wrote a play that um, gosh was not called The Wild Fuck. It was called The Wild Duck. But my notes out. It's interesting. So I have told iMessage mm-hmm. that I never mean duck. Mm-mm. I've never talked about ducks. No. I really cared to I talk only about them. and so I. I finally mm. had enough, and I, you know, several months ago, I went into my settings and I said, "If I ever type duck, mm-hmm. what I mean is fuck. Like, mm-hmm. please, mm-hmm. please use that word instead." Yes. But that is translated to all of my apps now, <laughs> and so including notes, <laughs> where um, I did mean to write uh, Ibsen's "The Wild Duck," mm-hmm. and um, that's not what's here. That's fine. Push through. Anyway, yeah, she was in. She's in the, the wild, wild fuck. duck. Go on. I guess I. Anyway, after seeing the play. <laughs> Uh, Betty Davis. Have you ever heard of Betty Davis? I have heard of Betty Davis. Of uh, famous eye fame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she saw that play when she was young and she told her mother, quote, I want to be exactly like Peg Entwistle. Wow. And Betty Davis would go on throughout mm-hmm. her career, uh, her entire life, saying that Peg Entwistle was the reason that she, Betty Davis, became an actor. I praise. So, Peg is very good. Like mm-hmm. she's, she's, I she's want to really touch Ethel Barrymore's coat one day. <laughs> <laughs> Her power transferred to me, and I became the wild fuck. <laughs> so she makes. So Peg eventually makes the jump to Broadway. To the Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she performed in ten Broadway plays. And worked with some of the most famous actors in early Broadway history. Mm-hmm. She was never like the star of a show, but she was featured actor in a lot of these shows okay she okay. was credited in all wow. of them. <laughs> gosh and in 1927 she was in a play called the uninvited guest mm. you know yeah um As now, <laughs> now the uninvited guest closed after only seven performances mm. and that's that's not good is that is that not what you're going for that's not what you're looking for but the new york times theater critic at the time jay brooks Atkinson mm-hmm. wrote, quote, Peg Entwistle gave a performance considerably better than the play warranted. Um, what, and what, what, did, what do you think the uh, unwanted, uninvited guest, what is it? Un- unvi- the uninvited guest. What would you say the, the plot of the uninvited guest might be? I would say someone shows up and you're like, everyone's looking around saying, did we invite this person? Mm-hmm. And they all say, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And in walks Jerry Lewis. <laughs> hey, everybody. Ladies. <laughs> Why did no one invite me? <laughs> wow. I'm going to put this fork in my eye. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, I think is how it goes. Mm-hmm. After seven performances of that, everyone just killed themselves. Everyone just took cyanide and they said, no more, please. <laughs> Um, but that same year, 1927, Peg married an actor named Robert Keith. They were divorced two years later in 1929. Mm, typical. It was, it's, it's, you know, classic, uh, classic Broadway star mm. thing, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> uh, and Peg alleged charges of cruelty, which mm. I didn't find detail about. I assume it's some, it's probably physical abuse mm-hmm. um certainly emotional abuse mm-hmm. i assume uh she also claimed that robert quote did not tell her that he had been married before and was father to a six-year-old boy which does feel like a thing you should tell your new wife <laughs> i mean yeah, well okay yes but all right devil's advocate here okay if you on. marry somebody so quickly that 
you marry them before you discover what they do in like all of their free time, including raising a six <laughs> raise year old child. child. I think that's now, a little bit on you. You know, I don't know how quickly it was. It, that that could be a good point, <laughs> or they could have been courting for like six years, and he had a secret family. Secret families exist. I don't know, like like a like a Bob Richards thing. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry for well, probably not a whole lot of people get the Bob Richards. Reference. <laughs> uh, Bob Richards, please 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 look up. Just just Google Bob Richards weatherman airplane crash. Just please St. Louis. St. <laughs> Louis. It will it will fill in all the blame. Bob Richards was a famous, extremely charismatic uh, weatherman in St. Louis in the late eighties, early nineties. I met him at the Washington Town and Country Fair when I was a child. Oh, interesting. He was there doing, I guess, a spot on the weather. Oh, sure. And sure. I thought Oh my gosh, you're Royal Richard. Yeah. Yeah. I was so <laughs> impressed to have met him. He was very nice. Uh, and had great hair. Mm-hmm. He was always the one in, in all like the uh their their little um you know commercial spots and their fun little um you know in between commercial things. That that he was he was the guy. Um and then it turned out uh one evening a news story came out on a competing channel or or newspaper, something like that, that he had a secret family. Like a full-blown secret family, as well as his regular family. And he, uh, being an amateur pilot himself, uh, took a plane up and flew it into the side of a mountain. And that was it. That was the end of Bob Richards. That so. is a way to go. It's <laughs> so. way to go. Oh, no, they're on to me. <laughs> Let me fly this plane into a mountain. I know what, what will free me of all of these consequences. Immediate fiery death. <laughs> he was not wrong. No. No, it he was, never had to deal with was, any of that uh, stuff. Yeah, so, yep. That's a very inside story for about three listeners. Yeah. But, uh, boy, <laughs> that was great. Uh, and I think that crash happened, actually, I mean, I think it was months after I met him. Mm-hmm. Because at some point I was like, I was telling someone a story like, oh, I met Bob Richards at the fair. And my mm-hmm. mom was like, he didn't make it. <laughs> so, what, yeah. huh? what do you mean, mom? <laughs> and it was like, it was a whole uh, thing. Um, so anyway, yes, just like Bob Richards, mm-hmm. um, he may have had a secret family. Anyway, they get divorced. <laughs> he chose not to, he chose, he chose not to fly into the side of a mountain, I guess. Uh, well, I, I guess air travel I, is pretty young at this point. So I don't think it would really be an option. It's around though. Okay. Well, eh, maybe. I mean, the aviator is around. What's his name? Um, Howard Hughes is definitely around. Yeah, Howard Hughes. So he's, yeah. he, he would launch you into a mountain for sure. Yeah, the Red Baron is around. Yeah, um, Snoopy you could, is like taking him down. Yeah, you could, you sure. could find a biplane, I think. You could probably nab a biplane so. and fly it in like the side of a mountain somewhere. Can I tell you, I watched a video the other day that hmm. I just scrolled by on social <laughs> Oh, a video. <laughs> that scrolled, it's, it's, uh, it was a part of my social media scroll, like, a, like an interesting history videos thing. Mm-hmm. Which I have gotten a lot more now that we do a, a I would say quasi history uh, podcast at best, but I see a lot more of them now. Anyway, it was this video from like the 30s or 40s of uh, these this biplane, this biplane, mm-hmm. not a biplane plane. It's a biplane, right? Yeah, that's in the that name. Uh, yeah, its landing gear had like fallen off, and so there was a woman who's a wing walker, and it shows this video of like her going up on another plane. And, like, getting out of the plane and walking across her wing with landing gear strapped over her shoulder and, like, walking onto this other plane and then hanging down from that plane and replacing a wheel 
on there and then climbing Jeez. back up. It was the most stressed I've ever been. <laughs> and it was incredible. It was incredible. So that well, was, if they can do that, you can fly one into a mountain. Yeah. For sure. Easily. <laughs> for easily. sure. Easily. <clears throat> anyway, so that probably, I mean, that might have happened. Yeah. <laughs> but they got divorced. That's what we know for sure. They definitely got divorced. <laughs> And then, this is 1929, so what big event happened in the U.S. in 1929, Patrick? Uh, Guesses? Was that the stock market crash? I think so. Wasn't that the one? the date on that. I think that's right. <laughs> it was, it was, I think yeah. it was 1929. I think That is where we're going here, but I want to mm. make sure. Yeah, 1929. Yeah, mm. 1929. Yeah, yeah. I should just go with my gut. Yeah. Well, if he wasn't going to kill himself in the secret family thing, I imagine the stock market He was going to throw himself out of a building for this one. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) So he's gone now. So the Great Depression hits, and uh, and Broadway takes a little nap. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. And so Peg, uh, work dries up, so she goes west. And she hits some some theaters along the way, and she's kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, getting getting roles where she can on on her journey out there. Where they don't have that depression on. Right. Yeah, we got this depression. Huh? Man, Oh Brother is such a good movie. Did I ever tell you that my first wife, one mm-hmm. of, listen, one of the reasons we got divorced was because this was during the time when Netflix would mail you DVDs. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, I remember those uh, days. Yep, and she and they sent it. We were we 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 got some movie from them, mm-hmm. and then she accidentally put my Oh Brother Where Art Thou DVD into the Netflix and then sent it back. Oh my gosh. And it was a total mistake. Right, yeah. But she, she would have says, had to like, go into your shrine <laughs> and get it out and like put it in the yes. envelope. It well, I think it was in the DVD player. So I think, I uh, think okay. what happened was she took it out and then was like, oh, I'll put it in this sleeve. And I'll, yeah. rem- I'll definitely remember yeah. later to, to switch it out. And then didn't. And I contact Netflix and they're like, oh, sorry, that does happen sometimes. And mm-hmm. there's nothing we can do and about it. And it's ours now. Boop, boop. Yeah. But you can keep our movie, which was like... You know, I don't made know. in Manhattan or something. Yeah, some shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and that's why sometimes divorce is meaningful mm-hmm. and important because sometimes you need Tim Blake Nelson to say, uh, "We got this depression on." Was it? Did he say that? Or was it the kid? That doesn't matter. No. Tim Blake Nelson was built to be a depression character. Absolutely, absolutely. Boy. Yeah, he's great. Anyway, so that happens. And, uh, gosh, so she goes, west. she's trying to keep up her spirits during the depression mm-hmm. by dressing well. She's trying to like, just be like, everything's okay. Oh uh, yeah. I can still wear nice dresses. Mm-hmm. Dress for the know. part. I get it. Yes. Yep. Yes. And it's a very, yeah, it's a very actor kind of mentality in some mm-hmm. ways. And she's, so she's taking very careful care of her clothes so they mm-hmm. don't, you know, fall apart. Cause she can't afford new ones, obviously. No right. one can. Um, so she's she's trying to keep up appearances, and part of that was she continued to wear gardenia perfume, perfume that smell, smelled like gardenias, like the spicy stuff they put on the the, the roasted beef. That is jardinera. Oh, does it smell <laughs> like that? Uh, that is what you and I smell like. Okay, uh, she smelled like flowers. <laughs> gardenia is a flower. There's probably flowers in jardinera. I bet. I don't think so. No, there's got to be spices. <laughs> okay, but she doesn't smell like it. That's fine. I'll imagine no, something. Which different. is too bad, but uh, really gardenias perfect. also, I think, supposedly smell nice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Chardonnay, though, is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I am hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she kept wearing uh, gardenia perfume, which was, it was 
her signature scent. She always mm. smelled like okay. gardenia perfume. So she kept it going. Several years later, by May of 1932, she and her uncle, who went with her, mm-hmm. they had made their way to Los Angeles. And Los Angeles, bright lights, big city, mm-hmm. Hollywood, baby. Mm-hmm. Peg lands a role in a play at the Belasco Theater. <gasps> I remember the Belasco Theater from mm-hmm. episode oh, all tying together. Three. I get you're probably not too far. I, I it right. feels 53. right. 53. 53. Hey, Jeremy, can you put in whatever the correct number is whenever I said that? <laughs> okay, let, I'll look it up for you and you can say it and we'll just, we'll just have go to the wiki. splice it in. We go to the wiki. We, I got to tell you, I am disappointed to report. No one has no one has come forward to make a wiki, even though we made a plea for that. Mm-hmm. No one. And um, that's tough. You said 53? 53. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 59. Ah, shoof. Well. You want to try again? Take it from the top? No, it, Jeremy will fix it. In fact, Jeremy. Use, <laughs> okay, yeah. so he'll just record yeah. uh, fifty nine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Use, yeah. Jeremy, Great. use dub your own voice in there. It's totally fine. No one's gonna notice. <laughs> no one will notice. No one listens to Patrick's words anyway. <laughs> so yeah, she's at Blasco Theater. So yeah, ties into our uh, our previous episode on David Blasco. Uh, anyway, so she's in a play there called The Mad Hopes. The Mad Hopes. The Mad Hopes, not the Mad Hops, not the Mad Hoops. The mad, the mad Hopes. hopes. Okay, and. Your best guess what the plot of the Mad Hopes is, or do you want me to go Gosh. first? Um, no, I bet you have something good for you. Have improv energy. Let me go first. Uh, mad Hopes. Follow, I'm gonna... no, the Mad Hopes is <laughs> mad at that point is uh, is uh, a little a little cuckoo. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little crazy. So it's it's got to be about a woman who thinks she can land a man because this is the 30s mm-hmm. she thinks she can land a man and the man's like i don't know who you are darling and Ooh. she's like oh we're in love and she's the cuckoo one ah. and she go ends up in a mm-hmm. mental institution with electroshock therapy and he continues to not have ever met her mm. <laughs> uh what do you think the mad hopes might Boy, be about? i was gonna go a little more upbeat i was gonna say mad hopes are four um retiree women that uh move to florida but they're all named hope but they're all a little kooky a little zany <laughs> they all okay. find themselves in a retirement community in florida and they get into all sort of mischief together sometimes they chase the same man sometimes sure, they sure, try sure. to you know become the uh you know president of the flower club or whatever but at the end of the day you know they just they all uh they all, they all just seem to get along i like that you brought some real 80s 90s energy to this appreciate it yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, whoever is closest, I think, um, doesn't have to do the episode next week. So <laughs> let's just check on that. Shit. Post. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, the Mad Hopes, uh, whatever it was about. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> which There's no way to say. know. There's no way to know. We'll never know. It starred Billy Burke. Now, Billy Burke. Was a pretty famous actress, Patrick, for twenty five high tag points. Mm-hmm. Can you name the like the incredibly famous Academy Award winning movie that featured Billy Burke? Mm. I can give you some hints if you want. Okay, but do you want to take a stab first? All quiet on the Again, Western 1930s. Front. Okay, hey, great answer. Mm-hmm. Not close, okay. but okay. But I okay. love that you took a stab. All right, here's some here's some hints. Ready? Okay. Yeah. This movie won for best original song. Original song. Okay. An Academy Award. Yeah. 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 Yep. Won an Academy Award for best original score. 
score. That's so those like, are related. That's all the songs together. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and was nominated, did mm. not win, but was nominated for Best Picture. Oof. Some, something that didn't even win Best Picture back in 1930-something. Yep. But is... I want to. I would. Just, I just can't say this enough. Mm. Exceedingly famous. Exceedingly famous. I know Gone with the Wind did win. It did win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I believe. Correct. I think it did. Hard to say. It's not Gone with the Wind. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think older than that. Older than that. Older than the Gone with the Wind. Yes. Correct. Mm, the Wizard of Oz. Correct. You did. Wow. Do you want to guess then what role she played? Um, I mean, you know, it wasn't Dorothy. I assume you know who played Dorothy. Did she play one of the witches? Yep. uh, Glinda. Correct. Oh, wow. Good job. 25 points. 25, I take points. Wow. Cash was in next week. Take a a little vacay. Yeah. (laughs) She did. Billy Burke played uh, Glinda the Good Witch in Wizard of Oz. Hmm. So she was, again, a big deal. So, um, so Peg continues to get these, like these, 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 she's casting these plays, these amazing actors. So mm-hmm. she must have been quite good. Mm-hmm. She's rubbing elbows with some of the greats. Um, when the Mad Hopes closed, when that play closed, um, Peg looked around, she saw very little to no work, um, in theater. Like mm-hmm. Broadway still, it's still the depression. Broadway mm-hmm. still like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. What year is this by the way? Uh, 1932. 32. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have some insight about 1932? No, I'm just, I'm just, the, just, just trying to level set, just level setting here. Sure, okay, yeah. okay. Still the okay, depth of the depression, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you know, Rosa Sharon's still pregnant. You know, they're still dragging, right. <laughs> still dragging that heap across the U.S. Tom's going east. He's yep. going east uh, of Eden still uh, by going west for sure. God, I love that book. That's a good book. <laughs> anyway, um, so she's in L.A. So of course. She says, I think I have an idea of what I should do with my life next. Any guesses? Mm, not going to take the easy one, pornography. Um, <laughs> what about... Whew. She opens up the first In-N-Out burger. Ah, uh, so I was close. <laughs> uh, I was no, one she... word off. Let's be, let's be honest. That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> Uh, no, she decides to try to make it big in Hollywood. Wow. She's okay. like, I'll go for movies because mm-hmm. Hollywood's still going. I don't know if strong is the right word mm-hmm. in the Depression, but, but they're still going. going. Sure. Yeah. So uh, so she's going to do that. So she decides to try to make it in Hollywood. She and she, her first, her first tryout, she was cast um, immediately in a new movie from RKO Pictures. Oh, wow. Is, you know, at that point. Yep. Big a deal. huge, a huge, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, big deal. Now this is a big budget thriller called Thirteen Women, mm. uh, and this is—I mean, this is huge. So Thirteen Women, it was again big budget, had mm-hmm. a lot of money behind it. It was mm-hmm. produced by David O. Selznick. Oh yes, absolutely. Who, you worked at Blockbuster. Uh, you know, very familiar with David O. Selznick. Yes. For those who are not, he produced such uh, such uh, early gems as uh, Rebecca, mm-hmm. King Kong, Gone with the Wind. Uh, and and uh, Other, so many yeah. others, but that's, yes. that's 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 those are big ones right there. Um, so you know, so he's he's the real deal. Yeah, is this like an Ocean's Thirteen type deal? Is that what's going on here? Uh, kind of. Actually, okay. it was. Uh, I think I didn't write this down. Vanity Fair later called this Thirteen Women um, the first female ensemble movie of all time. Okay, so I'm pretty close. Yeah, so right. you are pretty close. <laughs> Very good. Well done. All that blockbuster training is really paying off today. 
<laughs> so uh, so it's a big budget. It's from David O. Selznick. It's a big deal. Um, now, her role wasn't a huge role. Mm-hmm. She's like woman was, number 12, maybe 11. It was woman number 14. <laughs> oh. Mm. <laughs> Understudy for woman number 13. <laughs> yeah. But it was a good role. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk more about it in a second. But the film opened to, quote, neither critical nor commercial success, mm. which is not what you don't, not neither of those is what you want. Yeah. And put them together. It's... Uh, that's yep. tough. Yeah. Well, on to the next thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. Um, now, this seemed to be partially due to the fact that it included a character who was a lesbian. Really? In, yes. In, 19, so, in, in Year of in Our Lord, 1932. Really? It's not odd, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> very forward thinking, like very progressive. Great. Yeah. Um, and I assume also very representative sure, <laughs> of, of you know life. Wow! Uh, but not in a way that you uh, that you can get away with, I mm-hmm. guess. The lesbian character was named Hazel Cousins, mm-hmm. and she was played by a woman named Peg Entwistle. Mm. She was not the fourteenth woman. No, she was one of the thirteen, and uh, and she played the lesbian character. So so here's. We're going to fast forward a little bit. So eventually the movie comes out. It's panned by the critics. And they're like, what are, why are yeah. these women? In, why is yeah. this one woman li- looking? And, you know, it's Why did they invent this like, thing called lesbianism? It makes yeah. no sense Why to is me. she like batting her eyes at another woman? Because yeah. you know that's the extent yeah. of the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> and so She showed like another critics. woman her ankle. All must be burn! burned. We must burn, <laughs> burn them all. Burn the theaters. <laughs> so, so the movie's panned. Um... She takes some rough hits personally, like people, you know, because she was up mm-hmm. to this point on in theater. She's getting like incredible reviews. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly, it's all these writers being like, "She was terrible. Mm-hmm. She played a, le-, you know, yeah. I'm sure she probably played it great." So mm-hmm. it, obviously, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years later, they actually reintroduced the movie. They re-released it. But they had cut 14 minutes out of it. Mm, let me guess. And <laughs> would you like to take a swing? Go Old on. Peggy's on the cutting room floor. I gotta imagine. Correct. Mm. All 14 minutes were Peg's character's minutes. Ah. Um. So eventually, the movie is re-released. Mm. Still not to huge acclaim. Mm-hmm. But um. But yeah, she is no longer there. Mm. It would be interesting if she was like the Benoit Blanc type character, and you're just like, this movie makes no sense anymore. I really don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't have a lesbian why so did they arrest chris evans he seemed here, like a nice everybody. guy <laughs> why is everybody talking about donuts um <laughs> edward norton's character is just off the rails <laughs> what what happened here uh so yes yeah, so peg had thought this would be her big break into hollywood and again good reason mm-hmm. it's an rko picture it's david o selznick sure. like it's got a huge budget. Mm-hmm. She's so excited. But by the time they were done filming, um, even before the release, she was already feeling like the response was going to be bad. Like early buzz was like, did you know there's a lesbian in this movie? Yeah. And it's me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so it's already going bad. So here's a, here's a, just a kind of holistic recap of Peg's situation. So f- she divorced her husband mm-hmm. who was probably abusive, mm-hmm. um, and a secret six year old child. Uh, she loses all the really good work she was doing on Broadway because of the depression. She lost all the other things that, you know, everybody lost during the depression. Right. 
So on top of that, mm-hmm. uh, she lived with her uncle for, I guess, for like fucking ever. She's still living with her uncle in, yeah. in California. Yeah. Like, that's That's got to be tough. Um, and also, she lost a lot of friendships uh, from her from her acting friends when she got cast in this movie mm. because all her theater friends were like, blah, 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 movie yeah. acting isn't real acting. How dare you sell out? Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is like this yeah. is a good time. Like Broadway actors suck. <laughs> the fucking worst. You know. Oh. I fu- I fuck. I can't fucking stand. Yeah. It's like actors. it's like it's like improv actors, <laughs> and then a hundred feet. Of and then shit. below <laughs> them, way at the bottom, is Broadway actors. Aaron, if you're listening, I do love you. Mm-hmm. I think you don't count. She's fine. Is one of the, she's yeah yeah. You're totally yeah, fine. you're one of the good ones. Yeah. Also, all our friends who are on Bro- you're also mm-hmm. good. Yeah. But uh, the other ones, ugh, all the ones I don't know, fucking no. gross, <laughs> fucking gross. Hugh Jackman's also okay, I mm-hmm. think. But all the other ones, ugh. Um. <laughs> anyway, so oh, and one other thing. So after the filming of Thirteen Women ended. RKO again, probably like sensing like, Oh, we've made a mistake by including a lesbian character in this movie. Mm-hmm. They declined to renew her studio contract. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are the days of, yeah, the, yes. the, the studio contracts for films. Yes. And they were like, actually no. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she signed on to this movie thinking she's had a, like a big mm-hmm. bright future with the right. studio. And they're like, actually, mm, I don't, that's not going to happen to me. That's so, a shame. So uh, now there's no there's no diagnosis of this in the articles I read, but I I'm I'm not a qualified I don't right <laughs> I am not a doctor. <laughs> um, I would guess there's a pretty good chance that she suffered from uh, some level of depression. Mm-hmm. And as such, on the night of September sixteenth, nineteen thirty two, Peg tells her uncle that she's going out for a walk. She's going to go see some friends. Mm-hmm. And Peg Entwistle is never seen again. <sighs> Poor Peg. Well, not alive, at least. Oh, okay. They find her. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She does make a return. Now, this is during Prohibition. Mm-hmm. But Peg was pretty well connected because of all of, her, all of her past work. And it seems she managed to find... Um, Gosh, I have my notes here. Pickney Bend Whiskey. Oh, wow. Pickney Bend Whiskey. You're a star, baby, and we know it. <laughs> Avoid smallpox. We'll go back in time cost. for you. <laughs> um, she found some speakeasy somewhere and, uh, and, and got pretty low. The general belief is she got pretty drunk and then wandered up into the Hollywood Hills. Ah, beautiful up there. Very dangerous. It's though. great. And when I first started reading this story, I was like, oh, this would be a good time for Patrick and me to tell our Hollywood Hills, Hollywood right, yeah. story. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered, oh, you've already done that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's after only doing this for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to learn what sort of things that we forget that we talked about <laughs> six years from now. <laughs> um, we clearly need goes, to go on like new adventures. That, that's, I mean, that, that's what this is telling me. Like, we need some new adventures under our belt. Well, it's interesting. I tried to get you to go to New Orleans right. uh, I in the spring, and you said absolutely not. Yeah, I did say that. You're right. Seems like a good choice. Okay. You know oh. what? I'll, uh, I'll let you lead on the adventures okay. front. You, right, you tell me. That's fair. You that's let fair. me know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she wanders up into the hills and uh, makes her way to the Hollywood sign. And now I present to you, Patrick Dean, mm-hmm. the surprisingly interesting history of the Hollywood sign. What? 
Yes. I mean, it's, so this is going to feel like a departure and maybe I included this, uh, thinking that maybe we wouldn't, <laughs> we would need to fill time. We don't need to fill time, but it's so interesting. I'm going to let us run over and mm-hmm. do this because it's fucking fascinating. Mm-hmm. So in 1932, when Peg uh, got drunk and went up to the Hollywood sign, the sign actually did not read Hollywood. It read, do you know this? Do you know the history? Of this? Uh, I do not. What is it? it read Hollywood land. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yes. Would you like to see a photo? Uh, sure. I got time. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike our listeners who are like, what is happening? <laughs> By the way, this is, uh, this is Peg. Oh yeah. She definitely turned on the, the, uh, the, um, the, the zoom filter on that face. I can tell. I am amazed. This is from the 1920s. I think mm-hmm. like, I don't know what technology has allowed us to clean up photos, like to make them so sharp. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Uh, this is Peg. Mm-hmm. This is the Hollywood sign, which reads Hollywood Land. Why would you make like the sign bigger than you needed to? I don't know. It doesn't make a lot it's of sense. It's as big as it needs to be. <laughs> now, so it read Hollywood Land mm-hmm. um, because the Hollywood sign originally was a marketing ploy to promote a new housing development in the hills, which was called Hollywood Land. Hmm. And so they erected this gigantic fucking sign on the hills to say Hollywood land. And, uh, and real estate developers advertised the development as quote, a superb environment without excessive cost on the Hollywood side of the hills. And they meant Hollywood as the actual, the plant, right, the yeah. tree, the okay. Hollywood tree. Yeah. Right. Now the sign consists of letters that are 30 at this point, 30 feet wide and 50 feet high. Mm-hmm. Pretty big. You've seen it. You know, I have. Well, I saw it. Sign. Not lit yeah. up, but yeah, I did <laughs> you see saw, it. You saw the shadow of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and originally, the whole sign was studded with about 4,000 light bulbs. Oh, my gosh. Which, uh, yeah, sure as shit, we yeah. made it a lot easier for us to find <laughs> in 2005. <laughs> but instead, we got real lost in the hills. Now, the lights would flash between. They would flash on the holly and then the mm-hmm. wood and then the land mm-hmm. and then totally hollywood land right that was the whole thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> they wouldn't use it to like spell out like crude words or anything like that they would never why would they i sure would uh <laughs> and in case four thousand uh blinking lights wasn't enough to catch your attention they also had searchlights. Mm, okay so the whole project cost twenty one thousand mm-hmm. dollars in uh in 19 in the 20s mm-hmm. which today is about three hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Mm, interesting and this is to promote a real estate development that wasn't built yet correct (laughs) (laughs) it was dedicated in 1923 and they intended it to stay up for a year and a half Mm -hmm. they did a bad job (laughs) because it's still there sort of or they did a very very good job because it is still there so i guess so uh now (laughs) all this is not terribly important to the story but it's it's so interesting so just bear with me for a second so there was eventually no one in charge of the sign anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the sign deteriorated. By 1949, the locals started complaining that it was, quote, an eyesore mm-hmm. and detriment to the community. Mm. And they were like, we're going to demolish this fucking sign. Yeah. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce stepped in and they were like, we will refurbish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the but city we said, can only afford nine letters. <laughs> so which ones do you want? Choose your favorites. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, oh, this is actually part. Of, yeah. So the city was like, okay. But 
we will support this. We'll vote. We'll vote yes for mm-hmm. you to do this. But you have to get rid of the land mm-hmm. so that it reflects the district, not the housing mm-hmm. development. Okay. 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 Bureaucracy. So they they fixed it up, and by the so it was and it was great again. Mm-hmm. But then by the seventies, it was in ruin again because <laughs> no one is taking care of it. And one of the O's fell down, mm-hmm. and then the other O broke. Mm-hmm. It looked like the U. It was a real mess. It was it was very <laughs> shitty. And people are like, again, should we just tear this fucking thing down? Mm-hmm. But then in nineteen seventy eight, a man rises. Mm. To save the Hollywood sign, I mean, I'll just ask you: mm-hmm. Can you any take a flyer? Any guess? Hugh Hefner. Which kind? Kind of yes. Am I close? Okay. Am I close? I figured I'm close. Well, I'm. I'm not going to answer that question. Okay, just I'm just telling you to be patient. <laughs> no, in the sense that this man was named Alice Cooper. <laughs> okay, I did not know. Alice Cooper spearheaded a campaign to save the Hollywood sign in the seventies. Oh, wow. Uh, and the way it worked was he convinced so those nine letters in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He convinced nine people each to donate $27,778. You could sponsor a letter. Hmm. And that would refurbish the sign. Wow. Here is a partial list of people who donated $27,778. Number mm-hmm. one, Alice Cooper, of course. Right. He got the first O, mm-hmm. which he dedicated to the memory of Groucho Marx. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, sure. Um, the first L went to Les Kelly, who is the founder of Kelly Blue Book <laughs> so, <laughs> of car fame. The second L went to Gene Autry. Hmm, okay. The Y went to... Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Absolutely. You got it. He loves that Y chromosome. <laughs> sure, sure. He, I guess. And the W went to Andy Williams. Oh, wow. Okay. It's the most wonderful time of the year, etc. And again, none of this is relevant to the story of, of Peg. But uh, all the same, you know, we're, we're yeah, it's we're, interesting, right? Yeah, we're setting a tone. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the Hollywood sign is important to the story mm-hmm. because so Peg gets drunk. She goes up the hill. She goes to the Hollywood sign and she steals a workman's ladder mm-hmm. and she climbs to the top of the H. Okay. Yeah. And she looks out over Hollywood and she says this. I don't like this very much. And Peg and Twistle leaps to her death. Oh, Oof. Off of the top of the H. Hmm. Um, I will note she was 24 years old. Ooh, wow. She so all all this life had lived, and she was only 24. Um, it's quite sad. Hmm. Poor pig. Now, a few days later, the Leviston Lewiston Daily Sun they published an article that contained this quote from a woman who had called the police station. "Quote: I was hiking on Hollywood Mountain." And near the Hollywoodland sign, I found a woman's shoe, jacket, and purse. In the purse, I found a suicide note. I looked down the mountain and saw a body. I didn't want any publicity in this, so I wrapped up the purse, shoe, and jacket and laid the bundle on the steps of the Hollywood police station. Hmm. Um, eventually, the woman, uh, the article continues, quote, the woman refused to identify herself and hung up. <laughs> she was like, I... <laughs> 
I got a lot of warrants out right now. <laughs> I don't need this shit. I do not yeah. need this heat, but I did find yeah. uh, a dead person. Mm-hmm. I do want to help. Mm-hmm. I got to get out yeah. of here. <laughs> I have a warrant out for pushing somebody off a building, and this seems way, <laughs> this is not gonna look good for me. way I- <laughs> too good. Um, so Peg's suicide note read, quote, I am afraid. I am a coward. I am sorry for everything. If I had done this a long time ago, it would have saved a lot of pain. Mm. And it was signed P E. Now this is obviously it's signed with her initials. So people read the note and they're like, who the fuck is this? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, um, it took two days for her uncle to actually identify her. And mm-hmm. he did it because he pieced it together because of the newspaper articles. Once he saw that a woman with the initials PE had jumped off the Hollywood sign, he figured it was actually probably her because mm. she had always been fascinated by the Hollywood sign. Mm. Fair enough. Um, so he went to the station and did identify her body and said that is her. Now, the first reports that Peg was haunting the Hollywood sign started popping up in the 40s. So at first, these were, and these were kind of like whispered. They were kind of urban legends. Like people were like, I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like there's anything real here because mm-hmm. no one could say I saw a ghost. It'd be like, right. I heard rustling. I, you know. Yeah. When you're in the woods, I mean, like it's very easy to invent ghosts in the woods, you know. I guess so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're a non-believer, every time, listen, every time the wind blows in the woods, mm-hmm. that's a ghost. I've heard that. Every time yeah. the leaves rustle and you're like, oh, that must be a squirrel. That must be a ghost. It's a ghost. It's mm-hmm. a ghost. It doesn't must be a ghost. It is a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at first people were not buying it. But then one day people were, you know, uh, hiking on the hill and just mm-hmm. kind of looking at the sign. Mm-hmm. And the H fell over. Oh. For no apparent reason. Well, I mean, besides disrepair. but No, I think for no apparent reason. And what this signifies? Someone call to me, Alice Cooper. His fucking letter fell down again. <laughs> He's a baby, but wake him up. <laughs> we gotta save this thing. Um, it seems that Peg the Ghost is getting stronger. Mm, okay, she's finally strong. And as we've noted on this podcast, it takes a while for ghosts to get strong. So she's now strong enough to knock over the H, mm-hmm. which is pretty strong, mm-hmm. but not quite strong enough to knock appear. over all the letters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there were other small signs of haunting over the next few decades, but as we all know, oh yeah, it can take us a while to get really strong, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, so it was in the year of our Lord, 1990, a couple was hiking the Griffith park trails, mm-hmm. which is that area. Um, when they saw a disoriented looking blonde woman dressed in 1930s clothing, stumbling across the path. Hmm. She looked super confused. Mm. She was falling down a lot. Mm -hmm. And so this couple ran over to her to see if she was okay. As soon as they approached her, she looked up and she saw them. And then she vanished. Ooh, that's freaky. And these, this couple, they were tourists. They were visiting Mm -hmm. and they did not know the story of Peggy. Yeah. They were like your normal, like stoned locals or anything like that. They were. Right. (laughs) Oh man, you pig. Did you see her disappear? Ooh. Uh, and this also was before the internet. So, you know, they didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't know this stuff. Anyway, so since then, she's been seen by, quote, joggers, hikers, park rangers, and trespassers. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I was trespassing in the park, but I really felt like I needed to tell somebody that I saw a ghost. <laughs> yeah. I'm turning myself that last in. One, 
is important. It is, uh, you're not allowed to go up to the Hollywood sign, um, in part because they are afraid you might jump off it. Mm -hmm. And those letters keep uh, falling over. So, I mean, yeah, (laughs) but you can trespass there if you really want to. Yeah. Uh, but she's been seen by a lot of folks and she's always seen wearing 1930s clothing Mm -hmm. and she always has a sad or confused expression. Hmm. If she's about to appear to you, you apparently will know it because the air will suddenly start to smell like gardenias. Oh, man. Her favorite perfume. (laughs) And it's worth noting, gardenias do not grow in this area. Wow. What do you think gardenias smell like? (laughs) I I really can't get Jardinier out of my head now. I'm very sorry. Um, (laughs) It smells uh, spicy, I guess. Like pickles a little bit with oil. Like pickles (laughs) and spicy oil. Real salty. Yeah. And uh, just good. Mm -hmm. I guess my mouth waters a lot when Mm -hmm. I think of it. (laughs) It Smells like that guy Portillo's that wipes your table off. That's what it smells like. I don't know. (laughs) But I love him. But I I love him. I love him. Uh, A park ranger named John Arbogast is on record having seen, quote, the ghost of the Hollywood sign several times. Uh, He has seen her only late at night and only when it's foggy. Hmm. The ghost of Peg Entwistle has been seen so often by people in in Los Angeles that there have been uh, a bunch of nods to her in popular culture, including in Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the lightning thief. Hmm. The H in the Hollywood sign is the portal to Hades. Oh. That is because of, uh, of Peg and, and jumping off it. Hmm. You ever see the movie City of Angels? Uh, with Nick Cage? Uh-huh. And yes. Meg Ryan? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. There's a scene where the angels, uh, you know, they gather every sunrise to mm-hmm. watch the sun. Yeah. They do that where? The Hollywood sign. Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. That's right. They do that there because that's a portal to uh, between uh, their world and ours. And uh, Lana Del Rey pretty recently had a song called Lust for Life. And that song begins, quote, climb up the H of the Hollywood sign. And that is a direct reference to Peg Entwistle hmm. uh, doing that and then leaping to her death. Uh, gosh, today the Hollywood uh, sign, the land around it is closed off. So weird tourists don't do <laughs> weird stuff. <laughs> But you can get a good view of it from the Griffith Park trails. You can also get a not good view of it from uh, the Laurel Hollywood Canyon. Hills, yeah. uh, from uh, Mulholland. What was it? It was the Laurel what? Canyon, I think we're at. Laurel Canyon yeah. at night. I wouldn't recommend it. No. <laughs> it's not good. They turn that fucker off at like 9 o'clock. I don't know what their problem is. I don't even think they light it anymore. I think they stopped lighting it after that completely. Yeah. I don't think you they light it at all anymore. It's ridiculous. But I do have one picture of this ghost. Do you want to see it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. One second. You don't seem very excited, but I will show you. Convincing this is. (sighs) That's her. There she is. Wow. Okay. So this is after she already fell and splattered on the ground, I guess. Yes. Okay. You can see she's holding gardenias. (laughs) She looks very sad. Um, Yes. Thank you. This is very convincing. Yeah. I was. My friend Stephen Lynn is teaching me how to draw. Mm -hmm. And so I drew this. And uh, I think it really captures the essence of uh, of her spirit. I really don't know if I would have signed this. I really don't. I mean, this you seems see my like, signature down there. Yeah, no, I do. That's Clearly, me. I did plain this. as day. Um, so, um, hey, everyone, if you want an original print, please please email us at is this a ghost at gmail.com. They cost fifty dollars, but they are worth it. Yeah. They're only three inches by three inches, but they are mm-hmm. worth it. If you need like a new set of coasters for the house, this could be yours. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, once you give me money, <laughs> you do whatever you want. <laughs> Look how sad she looks. Uh, um, 
Anyway, <laughs> so that is uh, that's a story of of Peg Entwistle, the mm-hmm. ghost of the Hollywood sign. And apparently, she's still there. So if you want to go trespass and mm-hmm. take your uh, your physical freedom into your own hands, mm-hmm. you're welcome to. I guess do not Don't drop our name. Sent you. Do not drop no, our name. Please do no. not. Please do not. They already we they're already mad us. at us from uh, from 2005 <laughs> 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 about the whole uh, situation. So. Um, that's uh, that's it. Any any thoughts? Any questions? Any concerns? No, I'm I'm looking forward to stories about all the uh, Hollywood sign letters. So I'm not sure what next week's oh. going to be, but okay, yeah. I assume you all have right, one. I'll work on that. Okay, great. Good. Yeah. This what this was a mistake. <laughs> uh, well, great. Is this a ghost? Is is a production of Smith Show? Uh, Smith Show production. It's a production of Smith Show Productions. Mm, I'm gonna clean that. That up. sounds not good. <laughs> production of Smith Show Media. Our our audio editor is Jeremy Montoya. Our video editor is Jennifer Swanson. Uh, all the notes are taken by me, Clayton Smith. All the good jokes are uh, are given. Uh, I guess I guess by Patrick Dean. Given, I'm like, given. given. They're they're put forth by <laughs> they Patrick are Dean. They're <laughs> they're proffered and uh, and we accept. Uh, if you like this show, please tell your friends. Please keep telling your friends. We're 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 growing and it's great and uh, it's so fun. So please please tell please tell everyone you know. Please tell all the weird people you know, and uh, they're going to love it. And I guess, gosh, we'll see you next week again on Is This a Ghost?